Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we drop out of school so we can waste all day shredding on the Hori guitar. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including modders bringing the Virtual Boy to the 3DS. And then on Thursday, it's week four of Mario vs. Donkey Kong Month. But Mark, in the meantime, how's it going? It's going great. Man, uh, a themed month being interrupted by a Nintendo presentation takes me back to... 2020 when i think the same thing happened to either <laughs> mario month uh-huh. or 2021 wait the, we with, did a mario month we did a whole month of mario in october of Man, 2020 can you imagine uh being so young in our podcasting days that we could do a mario month <laughs> it's a really good month too we should do it again we should we should we're announcing it here march is mario <laughs> month no it's not true I mean, March 10th is Mario Day. Yes, Mar-10 Day. Mar-10 Day. day. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're not going to be revisiting that well quite so fast. We just talk, we're just talking about Mario games in that, in that Mario vs. Dunkout games are Mario games. Hey, you, do, you don't... The, Mar, the new Mario month is, a, is it something <laughs> you made up. You don't, need to, you don't need to explain it away. No, I'm tearing it down. <laughs> <laughs> something we're not going to do. Um, something you could do is you could head on over to patreon.com slash Nintendo Cartridge Society, where we are uh, putting out, if you are uh, supporting us at the 8-bit or 16-bit levels, uh, you can get access to our once-a-month episodes of various miniseries that we put out. Uh, We are currently in the midst of NCS Arcade, uh, and for the month of February, we are playing Jet Force Gemini. But the episode record has been delayed. That's right. Yep. Uh, we're, I've been slammed with work, and this game is and totally... And it's only Mark's fault. And this game it's is not my totally fault at all. kicking my butt. <laughs> yes. So I uh, just needed a little bit more time for the butt kicking to continue. Right, Before I yes. felt like I had had my butt kicked enough that I could talk about it. Right. If you get your butt kicked like a little bit, and someone's like, how is that butt kicking? You kind of got to be like, I, I need more time. <laughs> yeah, I can't... You know, it... It hurt. Right. But to fully explain it. Right. My initial reaction is no. (laughs) Is ouch. Yes. And yet, I need more butt kicking to be able to talk about it more clearly. Right. It would... It would be a short episode if we were to record it right right now. Exactly. So, um, that will be happening... And uh, we f- in January, we talked about The Legend of Zelda, The Minish Cap. Yes. A really good conversation. And I think uh, the Jet Force Gemini conversation is going to be a lot of fun, too. Yes. Uh, and if you have any thoughts that you would like to share on the Jet Force Gemini episode, please email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And we will read your email on the show and answer any questions you have or just share your thoughts. Um, uh, people are also sharing some of their early experiences of Jet Force Gemini in the Discord, which you can get to by uh, emailing us again, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Com, and I will send you an invitation. Um, but that's harder for us to sort of um, compile to read on the show. Email us if you uh, want to be included 
in the episode. Mark, my uh, first issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Sourcebook came out last week. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, it is available in your comic book store right now. If you want to pre-order issue two, you can do that as well. That comes out in April, I think. Um, so, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just be plugging this thing all year, I think. But, uh, Mark, we should get into what we've been playing this week. Okay, so Jet Force Gemini, check. Uh-huh. Mario versus Donkey Kong. We're going to be talking about it on Thursday. We're going to be talking about it on Thursday. We're going to be talking a lot about games we've been playing, those two games that we've been playing, on our the next two things that we put out. Yep. Um, but what else have we been playing? So after the uh, partner showcase mm-hmm. last week, I picked up par- Pocket Card Jockey right on, and... Um, I on the switch, yes. I picked it up mm-hmm. on the switch, and I am totally, completely, helplessly addicted to this game. <laughs> um, yes, good. It is. You know, you're like it's uh, horse racing yes. with solitaire. We've talked about it on the show before as being delightful, um, but it now, really I, is. We, we, we have we have talked about it before i i can't remember were you as crazy about it on 3ds as i was i don't think i ever played it or if okay, i played okay, it so I played that was like gonna be my bit. that was gonna be my question but i didn't want to reveal that i was like wait a minute all the times that we've like talked about it has it just been me talking <laughs> about it and mark waiting patiently for me to stop <laughs> yeah i uh if i had played it on the 3ds it yeah. was not a ton. Yeah. Um and I for whatever reason, I actually I know a reason because it's really fun and really good. Yeah. Um I've just been enjoying Pocket Card Jockey right on a lot. I also picked up uh Pentiment, but I haven't started it. So I also picked up Pentiment and I did start it, but I'm nowhere in it. I'm maybe a half an hour into it. Um and uh it's a beautiful game. The presentation is like uh, uh unmatched. You know, it looks like you know, you are a character who is like working on these illuminated manuscripts and it's all presented to you in that way. Um, so it feels very much like you're playing through uh, like a combination of Secret of the Kells and uh, like the cartoon parts of Monty Python, right? Um, and the there are like all these dialogue options that are like really funny and like I feel like I'm crafting a cool character at, at the heart of this thing. Um, and I'm very excited to like dig into it more and like learn more about some you know medieval literature and stuff. And this is developed by Oblivion, right? Yes. Which also developed uh, Grounded, mm-hmm. which also developed um, uh, what is the like Fallout in space or not? Not Starfield, <laughs> right, but the like right. the kind of like funny one that right, right, out, right. the outer. Outer, uh, 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 I played it. You I did we, play. I played it, yes. the Switch port, which yeah. was pretty rough. But I enjoyed the <laughs> game. But I, but like, I enjoyed the game itself. I think it is cool that they are still able to do all of these mm-hmm. weird, totally disparate things. Right? They haven't just become a like a. They're not just pumping out right, the outer just, worlds. Yeah, is that what it was called? The out, outer worlds. So outer worlds is definitely one of the outer wilds. Outer is wilds is like the, the other one. one. Yeah. yeah, so it is outer worlds. You're right. Okay. Um, yeah, it's nice. It's nice that they're not just like a, a AAA game factory that they can uh, take chances and do 
uh, weirder, more esoteric things. Um, the uh, director and narrative designer of, of this game uh, went to my college. Oh. Something I discovered uh, today um, when uh, like the, the credits were rolling. And I was like, I feel like I've seen that name pop up somewhere. And I just like Googled it. Uh, and uh, sure enough, graduated from Lawrence University a couple years ahead of me. So like I didn't know him or anything. Uh-huh. But, um, d- uh, knowing what a weird game this game is, I was like, ah, yes. <laughs> One of ours. Yes. <laughs> Um, so we will, I'm sure, be uh, chatting more about Pentiment as as we both like get into it and play it a little bit more. Um, uh, the, I was uh, I I was un- working under deadline this weekend, so uh, the other video game that I spent time with was really just like a a mind muter. You know, like sometimes you just need something to turn your brain off. Um, and I was playing part time UFO, uh, which recently was on sale on uh on switch so i i picked it up there and you know it's just like little crane games uh and i played it a lot on um mobile uh, a couple years ago but i'm really enjoying the the switch part of it as well also did we mention did, did did we talk about this last week or two weeks ago or whenever it happened um the uh square enix you know in a like hey final fantasy 7 rebirth is coming out soon uh we're just like everyone should play all the final fantasies or whatever they put like everything on sale like all of their stuff on all their libraries oh, i don't think we sale. did talk about it um uh and because they were 60 percent off i picked up final fantasy 8 the the remaster final fantasy 8 uh final fantasy 10 slash 10 2 and final fantasy 12 the zodiac age which means now all of the mainline numbered final fantasy games on switch I have purchased on Switch. Amazing. So I could play 1 through 10 and then 12. <laughs> I guess, I guess that, that's really uh, where, where, where it ends on there. But yeah, I mean, these are you know uh, either individual games or collections that are... Um, the, the, the 8 remaster is usually pretty cheap, but like, you know, I got it for under $10. Um, and then the other ones I got for like 14 or something. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's absolutely... If I'm ever going to buy them, uh, I should be buying them now. So there are too many games on my Switch that I'm never going to play. <laughs> um, uh, all right, Mark, let's get into the, the, the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Okay, today, Tuesday, February 27th, Sheer and the Wanderer, the Mystery Dungeon of Serpent Coil Island, or, yeah, is released. And I picked up uh, the Tower of Fortune and the Dice of Fate when that came out on Switch in the U.S., I want to say three years ago, two years ago? It was a couple of years ago, yeah. It's, this is a, the previous Sheer in the Wanderer game. That's right. Yeah. And I originally experienced this series on DS when Sheer in the Wanderer uh, came here. And I have liked both of those experiences. I have never like uh, completed a run of uh like successfully in either game but they're always fun to mess around with for a few hours um i feel like after the partner showcase last week i now have enough things on my plate to play that i'm not going to pick this up at launch but i'm definitely going to wishlist it for the future 
Um, do you make good use of that wish list that you mention it every now and then? I do, I do. Because yeah. well, it's great because you put it on there and then you get like an email notification when something goes on sale. Oh, so convenient. Yes. <laughs> yep. It's a. It's a pretty. I mean, I don't like. We don't... should do ads for the for the wish listing <laughs> feature on the Nintendo Switch. Hey, Nintendo, we're open to selling out. Yeah. Oh, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> For sure. At first, I was going to be like, I don't know if I like the bit of like us addressing Nintendo, but if it's if it's for the purpose of uh, selling out, <laughs> then yeah, let's We're do it. Talking directly. Hey, to Nintendo. You. <laughs> yep. Um, Wednesday, February twenty mm-hmm. eighth. Dark, dark star. No, Star Wars: <laughs> Dark Forces Remaster is uh, released on Switch and other platforms. Um, I guess what is Dark Forces? Dark Forces is a like uh PC game from the mid 2000s okay. <laughs> that I believe is a first person shooter and uh I've never I have never played it before I remember going to a friend's house and ha- they had it and they were playing it and being blown away at the time but I don't know if it's uh Jet Force Gemini fatigue setting in yeah I uh, I I agree with that. Whatever you're about to say, <laughs> uh, I jet like I think in a vacuum I am interested in this. Mm. Um, but I, uh, but I right now I'm like the thought of going back to a retro like shooter right is breaking my brain. So it does look like it is a little bit more in like the vein of like doom, doom. Yeah. yeah i think that's right um which I, I i do think that that like but before they tried to like go actually go 3d with these like graphics that like there's something charming and still accessible about the crudeness of doom um uh i'm, I'm watching this trailer right now it looks great <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I'm sort of interested in picking this up. Uh, maybe as a, a palate cleanser for yeah. Uh, there Jeff we go. Gemini. There we go. Rebuilding hope. Um, they. I apparently the. I s- promise the episode's not just going to be us dumping. No, it's, 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 it's really not. There are things I like about <laughs> yeah, it. I'm yeah, yeah. just really bad at the game. Right. Um, Dark Forces Digital Foundry. They like released their analysis of per- how it performs, and I guess on Switch the like frame rate is pretty gnarly mm. um, at points. But uh, they are going to release a patch for it. Feels like, and it's also it's. Uh, I'm sorry. I do you have up like um, who is doing Night the Dive Studio? Night Dive Studio. Right. So yeah. this is not an Aspire re-release. Right. Yeah. Uh, which uh, I guess we've decided we have an axe to grind with Aspire. <laughs> No, I mean nothing against them. I've just, I've just, I, they're not doing. It's not, it's not like they're doing a bad job. They're just putting out these games that when you revisit them, you're like, oh yeah, I guess this isn't that good. It's not their fault. I, I mean, in some ways it is though, because like there are people taking ga- I guess no, no one else, I suppose, is taking bad games and putting them out, and people are like, wow, these bad games are good. <laughs> but like there, there, there are ways to repackage and represent things that like can make them more appealing. I think Aspire's mo is just get these games out. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I. I <laughs> Let's call them up. We'll call them up. <laughs> I was gonna say I. I don't have anything against them. I think they're just doing what they're gonna do. And uh, it is like uh, on us to decide if we're interested, <laughs> if we're interested or not. But I agree with you that I think Star yeah. Wars, Star Wars Dark Forces Remaster is a different caliber of um, like repackaging. For right. Sure. Yes. And then I think that's pretty much it. 
Uh, for the week. Yeah, I think the, there are obviously a lot of other little games coming out, but nothing really of note. All right, Mark, let's close out the new releases. Which means it's time for a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, where a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So... For the duration of one performance, 433, we'll talk about not, uh, something not all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, we're talking about Dune, and we're doing that because Dune 2, coming out. Yep. Uh, I closed the performance 433, so this is becoming a timer. Um, Mark, where where and how did you see the the movie Dune? The Dune is it just called Dune or like Dune Part One? What's I think it Dune Part. Okay. I guess Dune Part One. I I saw it. I saw it at home, which was not, I think, the ideal way to. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know how much we want to get into how unideal it was, but basically, <laughs> suffice it to say, I was prepping for a surgery uh, that yes. required me to use the bathroom a lot. Right. And so my viewing of Dune Part 1 was interrupted quite frequently. Right. And would, it would have made it impossible for you to see it in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I also saw it at home after uh, a, a full day of day drinking. Um, so I fell asleep during it. Uh-huh. But, okay, so w- maybe we didn't have the most positive experience of uh, viewing the first Dune film by Denny Villeneuve. Um, but do you have a history outside of that movie with the Dune franchise? So, you know, I've, I've, always, I've liked Star Wars for basically as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember how or why... Dune was recommended to me. Maybe I just read about it online or something. Um, and so I read the first book probably when I was like 14. And I don't, I remember like enjoying it, but I definitely don't think that I really understood it or absorbed it. Sure. Um, and then I remember trying to read the second book and just completely losing interest. Well, don't the the Dune books have like a reputation of like getting really crazy really fast, right? Like beyond the first one, that like the first one is more or less grounded in like some sort of like reality that holds together and then by like the second third book that like it's deconstructing itself and like going crazy. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, Mark, really I've never read know. any of these books. And then in like uh uh then there was a point where I was like, it, like discovering the filmography of David Lynch. Sure. And so the his take on Dune, I saw it at some point as well. But I don't know. Dune just has never like stuck with me. Do you know what I mean? It's not yeah, like well, uh, yeah, absolutely. I've absorbed a number of Dune related things at some point in my life, mm-hmm. and all of it is just kind of like it's ephemera. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. No, I I feel much the same way. Um, and so like, I, I'm struggling right now with like, do I go see Dune 2? Like, I like Villeneuve as a director, right? Um, but I'm also like, I don't know. Do, do I want to spend like, how long is this movie? Do we know how long the second one is? I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's gotta be close to three hours. I'm just, I'm just going to make, make a bet. It's we're just guessing. We're just guessing it's close to three hours. Yeah. Um, is that like something that I want to spend like three hours doing? I will say one thing that has me leaning towards 
my answer being yes. Sell me on it. Is that it's been a while since I've gone to a movie that's been an event. And I mm, like going yes. to the movies. Yes. And this feels like the first thing in a long time that, that's been an that event. like fits that bill. Mm, yeah. Not since the days of Oppenheimer. <laughs> Or the Super Mario Brothers movie, <laughs> which felt like an event. No, totally. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So th- that's. Uh, but I am. I'm. I am already stealing myself for. Uh, I. I like his. I like generally. I like Villeneuve's movies quite a bit. But uh, the first Dune and his Blade Runner movie, and I'm assuming Dune Two is going to have so many shots. Of tiny spaceships yeah. on desert landscapes yeah. that you're just viewing from above yeah. while, like, Hans Zimmer's slamming his fist down on the keyboard. Yeah, we just got to get ourselves in that, like, uh, experiencing the spectacle mindset. Then maybe it'll be okay. And I say the mindset. There's not code for, like, doing drugs. <laughs> but maybe we should do drugs before going to see, before going to see Dune 2. Is it just called Dune 2? It must be Dune Part 2. Okay. If the first one's part one, I'm not convinced which that we're it assuming. Is. No, I don't think that it is. <laughs> we're just putting our stake in the ground. All of the part ones are retreating from it, right? Uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Yes. Uh, part one, no longer that. Well, I guess. Well, I looked it up and it is Dune Part Two. So the first one must be Dune Part One. But the Godfather Part One isn't the Godfather Part One. It's just the Godfather. Right now, I'm looking up Dune Part One <laughs> to see if that is true. And it. Mm, cannot say definitively. <laughs> Maybe is. I think it's just called Dune. Well, d- do uh, uh, Wikipedia. I don't know. Uh, titled. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Wikipedia. Yeah. Is uh, breaking the tie. So thank you once again to Wikipedia. Sorry that I didn't donate like the three dollars when you begged me to. Once again, we're Wikipedia. thanking Wikipedia. Uh, so Dune. Yeah. Parentheses titled on screen as Dune Part One. Whoa! So I think titled on screen as Dune Part One. Yes, but is that what it says on the box? <laughs> uh, I don't know what I mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. You um, don't buy things in boxes anymore. But it's not what it says on the poster. Is that is that what you're asking? Yeah, that that is that is what I'm asking. Here, I'm looking up Dune DVD. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Dune, yeah, uh, on the, on the cover, just says Dune. Okay, on the cover of the of the Blu-ray. So it seems like reality is at war with itself, which just seems par for the course. Yeah, all right, perfect. Uh, all right, uh, Mark, we talked about this well beyond when my timer went off. We were not accompanied by the GVSU New Music Ensemble, but by a timer on my phone. Let's get into the news. Hey, there was a Pokemon Presents this morning. Just put it out there. Some people listen to this very early in the morning. So maybe it hasn't happened yet for you. Uh, Today, February 27th at Mm -hmm. 6 a.m. Pacific time, to commemorate Pokemon Day, a Pokemon Presents is happening. So we obviously won't be talking about any announcements that are out coming out of it. But uh, possibly we will maybe fill in a few gaps on Mm -hmm. what... Nintendo tentpole releases could be for the rest of the year. Uh, yeah, absolutely could be, and you know maybe they will reveal a uh, real life uh, genetically engineered Pikachu. Yep, maybe. that we then just had to real. We just had to live with that being in our reality, questioning the existence of God. That would be what kind of God would allow a real life electric rat to run around in our world? 
That would be, I'm not going to lie, that'd be really exciting if it looked like uh It's got to be the fat Pikachu. If it, if it, looked, if it looked like a Pikachu. Yeah. If it was just a rat that they had electrified, less exciting. Yeah, that feels more like Gremlins <laughs> 2, <laughs> the new batch. Um, also, hmm. let's just touch base on Switch 2 rumors. Look, this is starting to feel obligatory. We don't necessarily know what we get out of it. This is a preamble to something that we're still probably going to talk about for 15 minutes. Yeah. Well, so there's more fuel to the fire that Switch 2 is coming in 2025, Mm -hmm. not in 2024. Uh, The Japanese newspaper Nikkei is also reporting that Nintendo will wait until 2025 to release their next-gen hardware. Um, They specifically cite concerns over supply and allowing time for developers to make games for the platform. And, you know, we have talked about this in the past that um, when the Nintendo Switch launched, it was difficult to get a Switch unless you had pre-ordered it. Um, and it remained that way for several months. Uh, and the market for a new Nintendo thing was so much smaller at that time in the uh, waning days of the Wii U and the 3DS than it is right now, where I think Nintendo has never been more popular than it is right now. Um, so I think they know that they have to have inventory on launch day. I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I also think that. Uh, 2017 was such a killer year for Switch software. Yes. Um, particularly from Nintendo first parties, because other than indie developers, like third parties were pretty late to getting on board right. for the Switch. But t- 2017 was Arms, Sushi Strikers, uh, uh, <laughs> Breath of the Wild. Oh, sure. You know, you like kick off with Breath of the Wild. <laughs> You end the year with uh, Super Mario Odyssey. You have Splatoon 2 in there. Yep. You've had Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Will, will Nintendo by themselves be able to have another year that big in 2025 if that's when the Switch 2 comes out? I don't know if it's possible. It, you know? it, it seems like not not possible, right? But, like the, the Breath of the Wild was so big, and they just put out Tears of the Kingdom, right? Right. They don't have another one of those ready to go. Right. And so, Unless they do? <laughs> That would be so crazy. That would be nuts. That'd be so crazy. But no, so then it's like, well, if maybe third parties won't be so late to getting to the Switch 2, and right. so maybe they can help fill some of those gaps. So 2025, because I think, uh, yeah, part of what like blew people away with the Switch was just the the frequency of Nintendo first party releases and the quality of what was like being released. Yeah. And so Nintendo may not be able to do that on their own in 2025. But potentially having third parties fill some of those calendar gaps uh, can yeah. make a big difference. I mean, the 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 gaps that I'm currently worried about is the uh, sort of uh, indie title. Uh, you know, that the, the early days of the Nintendo Switch was a boom period for indie games. Um, a because the Switch's uh, you know hybrid form factor was a novelty; people liked being able to take their indie games on the go with them. But also because Nintendo had so, like, they had a a lot of first-party games, but not a lot of third-party support. Outside of indies, they were actively courting indies in a way that, like, no one really had uh, in in a while. Like, the last time had been, you know, on, like, that PlayStation had done it when when, uh, PlayStation, like... uh, four was new um and xbox had done it in the previous generation always to like fill out these holes in their library um 
And if the Switch is going to be backwards compatible, uh, the Switch 2 is going to be backwards compatible with the current Switch, I don't know that they need to fill those holes in their lineup with indie games anymore. I just wonder if we are ever going to be in a space to have that like indie rush ever again, if all these libraries are going to be backwards compatible. Yeah, it feels really unli- unlikely. Also because with the Switch, Nintendo has become, for the most part, like, Indie games, you just kind of expect them to release multi-platform. You know what I mean? And Switch being included on it. So yeah, I I think that the the Switch was such a gold rush for indie developers. Yeah, in a a way that I don't think is reproducible. One, that there was a vacuum of big like third-party releases Mm -hmm. that indie games were uniquely uh, positioned to fill. And then two, there were so many big indie games that had never either made it to a Nintendo platform at all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think actually that was it. There were so many big ones that had never made it to a Nintendo platform at all. And yeah, I I just don't think that... Like, now when there's an Indie World showcase, there's rarely a game... I can't think of the last time I was like, oh yeah, there's this indie game that hasn't come to Switch yet, that maybe this will be the time when it comes over. That just doesn't really happen that much. Right. Well, you know, after seven years of it happening, uh, it, it can't, it can't keep happening forever. Um, but yeah, just like, uh, it feels like a, uh, a useful little marketing beat for, um, indie games is, uh, kind of quietly be retired here. Um, you know, unless Nintendo decides that, like, they want to continue actively courting those smaller studios and, like, getting exclusivity. Like, remember, Celeste was a a Switch exclusive at launch. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, just because, like, they were they had their people out there identifying games that uh, would help move the system. Maybe not move the system, but, like, provide this, like, extra added value. Um, the Spectre Knight campaign to Shovel, Shovel Knight, my favorite campaign of the four of them uh, came to switch first um, and then to all the other platforms later. So like um, they were, they were, that's not something that they like slouched into. They did that on purpose. Yeah. Yep. Uh, The other rumor. Yeah. Comes from Brazilian journalist, Pedro Enrique Lutilipe. And I know that I got that wrong. So um, it sounded like you nailed it, (laughs) but that, uh, they are Brazilian podcasters, journalists, who kind of broke the um, switch to, in 2025, news a couple of weeks ago. Right. If you don't count me predicting it two years ago. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, and uh, they post on a message board called Fami Boards under the name Brazil. And on Fami Boards said, quote, this, uh, this was, I think, on Sunday. Quote, here's what I've heard post-Friday. Direct in April, general or mini, don't know. Indie World before that, probably March. June for Switch 2 reveal. Everything in flux always, but I'm feeling good. So, eh. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Indie World showcase in March. Makes sense to me, right? Yep. That's about the cadence that we get them a little bit after the... Uh, the direct in February. This February's direct, while being a partner showcase, was later than it usually is. So something coming out in March may feel soon, but like this is about the right time, right? Yep. General direct, mini or otherwise, in April. What do we think about that? I think it would 
makes sense uh-huh. because we know that Nintendo has Switch games for the rest of the year. Right. Um, beyond just the two that we, or the three, I, I, I took Princess Peach Showtime out of that because in my head because they're like, we already know. We've seen a bunch of trailers for it. We, it's coming out. Well, in a and it has weeks. a release date. Yes. You know, great we, point. But yes. there's like Luigi's Mansion 2 HD. And then there's Thousand Year Door. Right. But we know that Nintendo is going to have other games mm-hmm. for Switch for the rest of the year. And at some point, they will want to show those off. And maybe in April. An April one, I think, would be unprecedented. Yep. But maybe splits the difference between a January, or sorry, a February and a June. And so is, you know, um, a comfortable time to show off a summer game and then a comfortable time to reveal. Uh, a couple of things that are coming later in the year, and but if that does happen, you know, if we get like an April direct, May direct, or something, then I definitely just feels like it's gonna be an. Uh, you could look in the past and say there's a ninety nine percent chance we're gonna get a February direct, a ninety nine percent chance we're gonna get something in June, right? Something in September, and this year maybe not. Yeah, I feel like this year is a weird year. Yes, for Nintendo. Um. Uh, and then what June for the Switch to reveal that feels okay. Feels early. It to does me. feel early. That's a good point. But only if they're following the Switch model, I guess. Because you yeah. know the Wii U model, they they showed that off. I think a year before it was released. Yeah. Um, the 3DS, we knew about the 3DS, uh, like a year before it was released. It. So yeah, I I don't know. It, it the Switch thing feels like it worked really well for them having. The turnaround from October when the first like trailer came out, yeah. January was the big reveal. March is when it was released. So doing it in June feels like a lot of lead time. I don't really know what they gained from that, but yeah, but it's I mean just like you said, we're like looking at the past and being like, well, there's like a ninety nine percent chance that this and this and this, but like the situation that Nintendo was in in twenty sixteen is unreproducible, right? Like they hopefully for them. Hopefully, yeah. Uh the, the Wii was in such uh dire straits. And then the Switch was uh such a unique product in that moment. And well, you know, there's probably gonna be some sort of like Xbox handheld uh, coming out in the next like year or so. Um and like Steam decks are everywhere and there's all these like solutions for uh PC gaming in a handheld format that just didn't exist uh before the Switch came out. Um and like they they were in a place that was unique and they were presenting a uh, product that was unique uh and that's just not what this generational shift is going to be. Yeah. So who knows? I mean like all of which is to say like sure timeline makes as much sense as, <laughs> as, anything, as else. anything. Yes. Yeah. Like this is uh, this uh Christmas is going to be a rough year for Nintendo Switch sales no matter what, right? Um whether they announce the new Switch before Christmas or after Christmas. Uh and also if it's coming out uh within the first quarter of 2025, you have to reveal it before Christmas. So, I don't know. I don't know that any of this matters. Yeah, I mean, I guess they do have a good... They still have, like, cards they can play if they wanted to. Like, last year we saw the permanent bundling of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe with, mm-hmm. you know, a regular Switch, but there's never been a price cut or anything like that. Sure. Um, I also wonder... I don't know if it matters, but, like, if you do reveal it in June, if you say, hey, this is fully backwards compatible... Does that make people who are not going to be early adopters be like, well, I should, st- I can still pick up a Switch, 
because the games that I buy for Switch, if when I if or when I eventually pick up a Switch two, they'll carry over. So it's not like I'm losing anything. But do early adopters or not early adopters? Do they even like look that far ahead? Yeah, I don't know. Well, and and also like, okay, if we're revealing the Switch, and again, this I, I this is the segment that I said we look we we're begrudgingly talking about it, but it's very exciting. <laughs> I like talking about it with you. If if they are revealing the new Switch in June, do we also get to see some of that library, some of that like exclusive library that you can't play on the original Switch? Because they must have something that goes on this thing that can't be played on the previous system, right? I wonder. I mean, the PlayStation and Xbox like generation turnover had a lot of cross-gen games. Yeah. And, you know, they have... But they still made a point to, like, have something at launch that you could only play on the new machine, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I I don't... I really don't know. This It is so difficult to even try to guess yeah. how this is all going to go down. Because it seems like, on the one hand, Nintendo's in such a position of strength. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's so easily this... I mean, as we've seen historically, like... Going from one generation to another is just tricky for every company. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, and we'll, uh, June, honestly, not that far away. Not that far away. And, you know, like, uh, maybe if we're having a direct in April or around that time, it also makes sense because June will be given over to revealing the new hardware. And, like, the one killer game that they're putting out for it. Yes. Do you think that the timing of Call of Duty coming to Nintendo hardware, which yeah. was a contractual like um, a- agreement between Microsoft and Nintendo that became evidence. Uh, right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. In like the, uh, during the, like Microsoft used that as a way to say, hey, you know, like you should let us, right. Um, you should let us do this merger with Activision. Do you think that, it must have a start date, right? Where they're like, because it's for 10 years. Right. But when does that 10 years kick in? Should we expect Call of Duty on Switch this year? Do you think that Ooh. it will start? Do you know what I mean? Like, Because yeah. that would be not a, like, I mean, that would be something for the holidays that Nintendo's never had before. Yeah. That would now be, you know, available on the original Switch. I mean, if it's in a... uh. If it is up to a, if there's a version of it that is like playable and competitive with all the other versions, right? Um, cause like those games are like graphical showcases and they are, you know, people get really like frame ready about them and like they really want them to be like performing all on like the highest possible specs. Um, like what does that even look like on Switch? Or maybe we're thinking about it all wrong and sure. they, they won't try to, uh, they won't try to bring the mainline Call of Duty series to Switch. Sure. Maybe what they'll do is they'll do like a uh, a, a platform fighter like Smash, but all with, with just all Call of Duty characters. <laughs> yeah, all of our favorite Call of Duty characters <laughs> uh-huh. that we can easily name off the top of our heads. Yeah, uh, S- Sergeant. <laughs> uh, the only thing that was coming to my head was Bilko. <laughs> Sergeant Bilko. Uh, no, but then, but also they talked when like the, I think when the FTC was, 
I'm refuting my own like what if because sure. when they were t- when the FTC was questioning Microsoft about like is that even possible? How would you bring Call of Duty to Switch? They talked about like oh the scalability of the engines. Sure. So sure, sure. um so yeah maybe it is with the idea that it will be. Uh, the same game as all the other platforms, or know. or or maybe they were targeting, uh, you know, this November being like, yeah, Nintendo will have their second Switch out by by then. That's what you know. That's the in- schedule that we have internally, and now Nintendo has delayed that. Like, is it possible that to like be true to the letter of their agreement with Nintendo that they put out a Switch Two game before the Switch Two comes out? <laughs> No, that doesn't seem possible. Why not? What would be the benefit to Nintendo for them doing that? Uh, it may not matter. It may just be part of their agreement. Like, I, it, you know, it, that like if they're putting out a game that has to come out, you know what I'm saying? Um, I know, but what, I guess what I'm saying is that Nintendo, it seems like it would be beneficial to Nintendo to be like, well, let's just amend the contract. Okay, now listen. <laughs> is the scenario I'm describing likely or kind of funny? <laughs> I'd argue it's kind of funny. Well, I uh, the, I will also say that two years ago you predicted that uh, the Switch was coming out there in 2025. There we go. There so, we go. So anything anything is possible. Anything is possible. How long do you think I get to ride that out? Like at least until the Switch comes out in 2025. Great. Great. Or or, uh, or I have to give it up when it's delayed until 2026. <laughs> uh, last week we learned that the upcoming release Disney Epic Mickey refreshed. Uh, <laughs> Is coming out this summer, mm-hmm. and original series creator and director Warren Spector went to LinkedIn to celebrate the trailer reveal, which naturally got commenters asking about the possibility of Epic Mickey 3. Uh, and as always, because it's the internet, it's not uh, people being like, wow, this is great. Would love to see you come back to the series. It's all just like, Mickey 3 when? <laughs> yeah, even <laughs> like, on LinkedIn. Yeah, even on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, uh, Spector said that he had a, quote, high-level concept for the game, but also added, i love to do Epic Mickey 3, but I have a day job that would make that impossible. So uh, this almost feels like a uh, there's no smoke, there's no fire uh, kind of thing, but, like, it's just exciting to hear the, like, creator of the original series be like, yeah, I'd love to do it. I forgot how much of, like, a Disney nerd he is. And so, like, in a lot of ways, Epic Mickey was a dream project for him be able to work on all of that uh he also mentioned that the trailer looked great and he was excited for people to see the final product he also expressed that he was bummed that oswald the lucky rabbit uh wasn't even mentioned in the trailer wasn't even mentioned saying quote that poor little guy can't get no respect i love this (laughs) this is fantastic that uh, look we didn't mention oswald the rabbit when uh when we talked about the partner showcase last week no that's our failing (laughs) Um, is he, is he a playable character or is he like an antagonist to Mickey? I don't remember. Okay. All right. Okay. So I don't even remember him being in the game. Continues to get no respect. Yep. Even here on this podcast. Yep. Uh, but just know that Warren Spector, uh, shaking his, his, his finger at you right now, I think. Speaking of Disney Epic Mickey rebrushed, which, uh, I love that we have it. This is not a Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes of Elusive Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch situation. <laughs> right. We are not obligated by the rules of this show to say Disney Epic Mickey rebrushed every time. But that's just how it's written out. It's it's also the name of the game. <laughs> and like what what do you what do you chop off of it? Do you chop off the Disney, Disney. part and just yeah. say Epic Mickey? Uh-huh. Um and then obviously leave off the, the rebrushed. I think you could say the rebrushed part if you want to to differentiate it mm. from like 
talking about the Wii game. Why don't we just call it Mickey then? <laughs> I feel like that's like a little too far in the other really? direction. Really? Yeah. It's okay. Like if we so- refer to Dragon Quest XI S Echoes and Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch, we're just like as elusive age or just Dragon. <laughs> Well, okay, but that's like percentage-wise. That's such a smaller <laughs> percentage of the title. The every now and then, I f- I feel like you can uh, reduce a title to a single word, even in a multi-word title, and it makes perfect sense. When if you were going to the movies in like two thousand seven or whatever, and you were like, yeah, one tickets to pirates, they're like, I gotcha, right, right. Um, and so I so that that that's my point. <laughs> I I understand. I hear it. If you want to yeah. call it Mickey. Right. I won't like. I will understand what you're saying. But do you think Epic Mickey? That's. I think Epic Mickey. Okay, right. I'll probably call it Epic Mickey Rebrush. Okay. Well, you, so you are going to honor the the, the weird the uh, Disney part of it. I'm just like, get that out. Like, you're I don't, throwing that out. I don't need this. Is it weird that it's not possessive? It's not Disney's Epic Mickey. They went through a change, maybe like. 15 years ago where yeah. they started doing that to everything. It used to be Disney's oh. California Adventure and it's not anymore. It's just Disney California Adventure. Interesting. And uh so if you look at like everything it's not like Disney's Moana, it's just Disney Moana. Moana. Sure. And then Disney is an adjective now. Yes, they must have it, I feel like it must have been a like legal like trademark decision Ooh. where lawyers somewhere were like it will be easier for us to defend the trademark of this if it's not possessive if it is just right part if it is just disney the thing that makes sense um so but yeah yeah so it's it, but it sounds so strange to say disney epic mickey rebrush <laughs> i refuse to do it uh this is back to the like question of like what is the thing actually called but like the movie with all of the avengers in it called the avengers uh-huh um I feel like it's frequently uh, presented as Marvel's The Avengers, and that's possessive. Yeah. Although I'm looking at a poster now and it just says Marvel The Avengers, and the is in the A. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. <laughs> I do know what you mean. All right. This is all too complicated. We can't get into it now. All of this is to say, mm-hmm. Disney Epic Mickey rebrushed. <laughs> the ver- uh, this version of the game is also going to include new moves for like traversing the world and improved controls as confirmed by the game's steam page uh so uh, the the trailer that we saw in the partner showcase said it is a faithful uh what did it say faithful rebrushing it did not say rebrushing which i would have remembered (laughs) but it's a it's a faithful reinterpretation of of the game uh but not so faithful that they don't improve how you get around the world yeah um so uh it makes me interested to see what else has changed or been made more modern um because as discussed uh games from uh that period and there's a there's a whole uh span of like 10 years from which i just want games to be uh, updated a little bit before being put in my hands again. Yeah, I feel like with all of these things, what you want is the game that you remember. Of course. Not the game that you um, actually played. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if, they are, if they're taking the time to improve the controls and make it more modern and feel uh, easier to play, I, that seems like a big win. Yep. Uh, we also learned that it's this uh, rebrushing is being developed by Purple Lamp, who uh, I developed the most recent... Sp- SpongeBob games. Yes, I believe. Uh, all under the uh, Embracer Group uh, sort of uh, sub 
heading uh yeah Pur purple lamp is is uh the development studio that's been doing those spongebob games a ultra rare game boy advance game mm -hmm. is getting a limited run re-release on switch the game is called ninja 5-0 also Which known as ninja cop Ninja Five O is a much better title. It is so good. Uh, that so much better than than Nin Ninja Cop. Um, this is a a Game Boy Advance game that I mostly know by its reputation as being an exceedingly rare uh, GBA cart. Um, it's one of those that always resells for like five hundred dollars on uh, the secondary market. Uh, and here, Limited Run Games is just uh, making it available for uh, not five hundred dollars. Yeah, the original came out in two thousand three, published by Konami. It's like an action platformer, and this new release is going to have new anime-style cutscenes. Yeah. Uh, so, seems cool. Uh, the the gameplay videos of it make it look um, uh, almost, like, in line with the, like, Mega Man Zero style of, like, platforming and, like, uh, close quarters combat. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I like a ninja game. I might be checking this one out. In the past, Patrick, you and I have talked about how the Nintendo 3DS seems like if Nintendo was ever going to re-release Virtual Boy games, mm -hmm. that the 3DS would have been the place to do it. Would have been perfect. They, of course, did not. But uh, just a few days ago, a Virtual Boy emulator for the 3DS was released called Red Viper. Good name. Great name. Uh, it's uh, All officially licensed games are playable at full speed, even on the original 3DS. Great. Uh, it includes 3D support. Wait, I, I mean, oh, hold on. I would hope so. <laughs> yes. Uh, game saves are supported. Mm -hmm. You can map either the A, B buttons on the right D-pad to the face buttons, with the other being the touchscreen. The new 3DS, like, C-stick is also supported. Configurable face button mapping, configurable color filter. Uh, this is, this seems pretty cool. The configurable color filter is awesome, because the original Virtual Boy... Uh, was literally a one-color machine. It was either uh, you were seeing nothing or you were seeing the color red, right? Um, and, like, even the Game Boy has four colors, right? Um, so it's just it's just extremely, extremely limited, and it's just nice to be able to change what that one color you see is. Yeah, when Jeremy Parrish did his uh, Virtual Boy works, when he went through yeah. the entire Virtual Boy catalog on YouTube, the capture device that he used um whether it was like i can't remember if it was the capture device itself or like uh, an option that he had within it instead of outputting at like with the eye searing red it was grayscale and so it makes watching those videos possible yes right because the the red really is difficult to endure yeah um so this is super cool uh what do you have any concept of like what that opens you up to if you uh like hack your 3ds and uh like put this on there am i at, at risk of losing all of my like legally purchased 3ds games i have never hacked a console ever right like i've never i right. have never put custom firmware on any of my systems so i don't know i mean i guess it's possible that if something went wrong and like nintendo support would not be able to help you at all or refuse to help you whether they right. could or not. Right, right, right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what the risk is. Hmm. Okay. And it's hard to get your hands on like a new 3DS now. Hard to get your pricey to get your hands yes. on a new 3DS. Yeah, I suppose you're, I, that's 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 more accurate. Yeah. Um. 
But it would be great to have a burner 3DS to right, just load to just, it up yeah. with uh, with Virtual Boy games. Yep. Yep. Uh, all officially licensed games. That's pretty cool. Um, that means that uh, like the Japanese only ones are also uh, uh, available in there. Um, there's not a ton in that library that I'm like aching to play. But the novelty factor. The novelty factor. And also factor, that Wario yes. Land game. Wario Land game is pretty good. Mario Clash, pretty good. Uh, tennis, <laughs> fine. And that Galactic Pinball game, I think, is fun. Um, but yeah, just the the idea of because it's like it's like uh, it's been unattainable for so long. Yes, that's right. So the the idea of being able to now experience it just seems is really cool. Finally, mm-hmm. we have a new favorite Switch peripheral. Yes, Hori has announced new software for Switch called Guitar Life Lesson One. As revealed in the Japanese version of last week's partner showcase, Guitar Life uses this truly amazing peripheral to help teach people uh, how to really play a guitar. To really play real guitar is its aim, right? Yes. Okay. But the, the peripheral itself, I mean, it just looks delightfully crazy. Yes. Um, hard to believe that this isn't a Nintendo made product, right? Yes. It's like, it, part of it looks like, a, <laughs> the, the bottom of it looks like a guitar case. And then you slide a Joy-Con into the top uh-huh. for reasons unknown. And then instead of strings, there's maybe individual. It looks like, like there are, yeah, there are six individual like bars in the strumming area. And then. Like, the fretboard seems very short, but there are definitely all kinds of, like, bars and buttons on here. Um, Like, maybe frets. It's unclear to me exactly what this interface is, but you are, like, actually assuming your hand will be assuming the shape of various chords to play them on the uh, Guitar Life Lesson 1 software. Yep. Um, It also has, the song list includes a large number of Japanese songs. Well, you say you say a large number, but it's like ten. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of music in this thing. No, I mean we're definitely in. I mean, maybe did Donkey Konga have a bigger? Oh yeah, Donkey Konga had a bigger playlist for sure. Well, it definitely. This is just Guitar Life Lesson One. Yeah, that's right. Just like Dune, we know there's another part coming. Uh huh. <laughs> and uh, you own the peripheral, so. Just buying the software, like, part two. Presumably, the guitar doesn't change. Yeah, great point. Maybe it does. Who knows? Um, I do think... I would like that it's seemingly obligatory. It makes sense with your learning music because there are songs that you're, like, very familiar with. So, you know, like, yes. the rhythm and the tune and everything. But I just, like, any sort of rhythm game, I feel like, has to have Happy Birthday to You, Twinkle yep. Twinkle Little Stars. Jingle Bells is a fun twist, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jingle Bells also another, like basic one that everyone knows from like the moment they're born somehow yeah um so yeah no very funny that happy birthday twinkle twinkle and jingle bells are are all on here um i gotta say i uh i covet this thing it looks so dumb it looks uh very funny like i want to see one in i would really like to see one in person i would like to see one in person as well um well Maybe that'll never happen because, as far as we know, it's just uh, coming to Japan this spring, uh, with no uh, indication that they're they're looking at markets out outside um, of Japan. But this does mean that, like the uh, 
long ago dream of like weird new ways to interact with your Switch is still alive somewhere yes. in some form. Yeah, and that is really important to me. Yeah, because we we only have so much time left with with the Nintendo Switch. Uh, the least we can do is get a dumb plastic guitar out Yeah, of it. get weird with it. Um, do you think that this will work with – the answer has got to be no, but it should with Fortnite Festival, the like rhythm game within Fortnite? Yeah, I think the answer well, – actually, I don't know. Maybe it could because do a lot of these things just – well, there's so many inputs on this. Yeah. I don't know. It's nice to dream. I hope it does. I hope I hope it does too. I hope they figure it out. I hope that Epic is like Nintendo's finally meeting us where we are instead of the other way around. Uh, let's make this work with that thing, and then we can all then the horror guitar can come everywhere because it'll have like uh, Fortnite fans behind it, uh-huh. right? Uh, if, they, if somebody can get it working with Minecraft, that'd yeah, be great too. Hey, let's just get it working with everything. I, I want to be able to play Dark Souls on this thing. Jet Force Gemini. <laughs> it can't be harder to control than the game already <laughs> is. Uh, all right, Mark, let's close out the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you would like to jump into our Discord, all you got to do is email us for an invitation, and we will let you in. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apebetty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening.